Why don't you lift your voice high in this sanctuary and praise him? He's worthy of it. Would you do it again? Come on, clap your hands with all of your might and shout to the Lord this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your strength and your love and your mercy, your long-suffering kindness and grace to us here. Praise God. We are thankful that you survived the time change. This, this gets people. It gets them in a bad way. Don't take away an hour's sleep from people. It's not right. It's not fair. We don't like it. But thank God we made it to the house of the Lord this morning. In the Lord good. Amen. Just a couple of announcements before we go to the word this morning. First of all, don't forget spring blast tonight. This will be a night of praise and worship. There will be no preaching. We are going to have a move of God. But there will not be any just official preaching, taking text and all of that. Our worship teams from multiple campuses have worked very hard and um, for a long time, for months actually, in coming together tonight. And I'm expecting this place to be packed. And I'm believing that God is going to do some great things. I believe that the Lord will fill some people with the Holy Ghost today, tonight. So we want you to make some final connections, make a phone call, pay a visit, reach out to somebody, and invite them to the house of the Lord tonight. Also, uh, just a quick announcement because I have been failing to announce this. I have intended to announce this every service for the last couple of weeks, and I keep forgetting. But Brother Josh McKivens from our Hope Campus will be hosting a night of praise and worship that is next Saturday, March the 19th at 7 p.m. And uh, he has just released a new single, and he'll be, they'll be singing that. I believe it's going to be a powerful night, and I believe that's something that you want to be at. And I'm excited about that. I believe it's going to be great. Now, I do want to say today uh, we are thankful to have uh, Levi He's somewhere in the building. I think he's taking pictures for us this morning, Garnett. Uh, I don't know where he's at, but I think there he is, right back there. I can't see because of the close encounters of the third kind right here in front of me. Um, But we're thankful to have him here with us this weekend. And then we are very honored to have a a long, long, long time friend with us, Brother Matt Ewing. Now, he's on the base uh, this morning. He's going to be playing the organ tonight. But uh, the Ewing family goes way back. You, you can't hardly talk about Pentecost or the apostolic movement without having the name Ewing uh, mixed in there somewhere. Uh, all the way back to at least his great-grandfather that I know of. Um, his grandfather, Brother Merle Ewing, was singer, songwriter, prophet of God, great, tremendous preacher of the gospel uh, for 
for many, many years. And Brother Merle Ewing told me once upon a time, he said, your dad, talking about my dad, was my dad's. He said, your dad was my dad's evangelist. And he told me all these stories about how my dad used to take his grandfather riding around in the car and stuff and, and uh, just, just out in the countryside. And just uh, he was younger, and so he was taking time with him and whatever. But Brother uh, Matt Ewing um, is a tremendous man of God. He is, he is a just second-to-none musician on every instrument you can think of. The drums, the bass, uh, the organ, the uh, the keyboard. I don't know about the guitar, but my guess is yes. And uh, they're saying yes. And um, he's a he's a man of God. He's a preacher of the gospel, and he is a prayer warrior. And you won't find any more pure spirited than him. And about three or four years ago, he was uh, teaching teaching a music lesson. I think he was teaching somebody how to play the bass and just a young person and right in the middle of the lesson he looked down at his guitar and looked up and and he couldn't speak just just like that no signs nothing just all of a sudden he couldn't speak and things began to transpire and I think later that night uh, he was asleep in his bed and had a severe seizure and they rushed him to the hospital and found out that he had a brain tumor the size of a racquetball in his brain. And um, the Lord did one sequence of miracles after another to get him through that. And the doctors, the doctor, yes. The doctors... Uh, the doctors told him. They said, "We don't. We don't really have a precedent for this. As far as good news, we don't. We don't have any good news to share with you. There's going to be some lingering effects. You either won't be able to move your hands, uh, you won't be able to talk, you won't be able to recognize your family. We don't know what the lingering effects will be, but we know there will be some. And I'm here to testify today. There is zero lingering effects. That's our God. Thank the Lord." He, he, he is a man of humility, and what a, what a great spirit. What a great spirit, and, and he's powerful. Hell knows his name. The enemy knows his name. Heaven knows his name uh, because he is a, is a mighty, mighty man of God, and I'm, I'm thankful to have him here uh, with us, and we were talking with our music department, and Brother Bright and uh, Nigel were were wanting to, to be up here with a team, and they were kind of looking for a solution, and they threw out his name. I said, man, let's get him up here. And so I called his pastor, and thanks to Brother Lopez for allowing him to, to be up here. They have a tremendous church, and um, Brother Lopez released him to be up here on a Sunday. That's tough. That's tough, but we appreciate that, and we're just thankful to have him here today. God bless him, Brother Ewing. Man, I, I'm going to need you to help me to preach today. Um, and I'm, this, this is not hype or anything, and you'll, you'll see here in just a minute. And, and I, I mean hype, but that's not the kind of preaching I need you to help me with today. I need you to help me get this word to the people that the Lord is 
trying to talk to. I was up in my office until late in the evening last night, and the Lord uh, was really, really dealing with me about this passage of Scripture. And the Lord wants to, the Lord wants to help some people in this place. When you come to the pulpit, you never know who's going to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, but the Lord always knows, and he prepares a table for those that he knew was going to be here today. And I, I just pray that somebody would find the ability to open their heart and open their mind and receive the engrafted word of God. I want to read to you a few verses of scripture out of the 11th chapter of Mark. Verses 12 through 14. And on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, speaking of Jesus. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came. If haply he might find anything thereon and when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for the time of the figs was not yet and Jesus answered and said unto it no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever and his disciples heard it Jesus cursed the fig tree and pronounced such a judgment upon it that no one would ever partake of the figs or the fruit that it would bear. And I, I want to talk to you this morning. I'm, I'm not coming with a dark cloud here today, but I do believe that there's some people that the Lord wants to reach desperately. And I want to preach to you from the thought visiting hours are over. Praise God. Would you pray with me right now? Would you make contact with somebody there nearby you? And would you lift your voice and would you help me pray in this place? Father, we worship you in this place and we submit ourselves to you. We surrender ourselves to you. We pray, Father, that you would minister in this house. And I pray that you would prepare good ground for the seed that is the word of God to fall upon, that hearts would be receptive, Lord God. The seed is the same, but the soil is always different. I pray that you would break up the fallow ground. I pray that you'd break up the dry ground, break up the stony places. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would till the soil here and that you would let the seed of God be implanted in somebody's heart and mind that they would be forever changed and transformed. No looking back. I pray that you'd lead us, Lord, into a deeper place with you this morning. Help me pray here for just a moment, would you? Lift, lift your voice. I, I, I know it's a little, just a little lull in here this morning. I need you to lift your voice. And, Let the angels of the Lord God move in this place. Let the power of God move in this place. Jesus, in your name, God, we worship you. 
I believe, Lord, that you're going to be great in this place, that your power is going to be demonstrated, that miracles, signs, and wonders are going to take place, that deliverance is going to come to the captive here today, that somebody's going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that somebody's going down in water in the name of Jesus. Somebody's going to be restored this morning. Come on, help me. Help me. Jesus, we've got to have you here. We've got to have you here today. In Jesus' name, let faith rise, God. Let conviction fall. Oh, let there be a divine visitation of God. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, I'm not trying to belabor the point. I just need you to pray with me here for just a moment. I pray, God, that every heart would be prepared. I pray that individuals would make up in their mind to serve you today and never decide to look back. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen. Would you clap your hands one more time with all your might? And would you lift your voice? Come on. I want you to break something in this place with your praise. Hallelujah. Lord God, we give you praise. Yeah. Yeah, come on. In Jesus' name, every devil in hell that attacked every person that has walked into this place today is defeated in the name of Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. Amen. Amen. You may be you may be seated. Mark chapter 11 is such an interesting chapter and it it seems to have a sequence of events that really do not tie together but as a matter of fact they all tie together. And reading in verse verse 1 of Mark 11, when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples. The word Bethpage means the place of unripe figs. And he saith unto them, go your way into the village over against you and as soon as you be entered into it, you shall find a colt tied whereon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do you this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. Everybody say, The Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way, and they found the colt tied by the door with a, without in a place where two ways met. And they loose him. And certain of them stood there and said unto him, What do you loosing this colt? And they explained to him the words of Jesus and said, The Lord hath need of him. And this would set off a flurry of activity where the Lord was going to make his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. All of the city would know him, and many would cry out, Hosanna, and the highest, blessed is he that cometh 
in the name of the Lord. That story of that cult is, is an important component of this entire chapter because it has everything to do with the context of the nation of Israel itself. They were at a crossroads. They were at an intersection. They were at a fork in the road. And that, that cult represented something new that the Lord was going to do. It was a cult upon whom never a man sat. And the Lord Jesus was about to sit upon this cult. It was untamed. It was wild. It had never been used for transportation at all. And now the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was about to sit upon this cult and ride it into Jerusalem, a sign of humility. But I believe it's always also indicative of people who find themselves at a crossroads. They find themselves at a fork in the road. And for some reason, something has tied them to that intersection in their life. For whatever reason. I, I don't know how long the cult had been there. But you have to imagine in your mind that he had studied these two directions for some time. He had, he had looked this way and looked this way. But thank God there was something that tied him to that post where he was so that a wrong direction would not be chosen. And I want to I wanna just speak to somebody here and I, I want to tell you that we are living in some very perilous times. We're living in a troublesome hour. And the church and the world is at a crossroads. But there's some people in this time frame that the world does not know your name. And for whatever reason, you've been tied in an intersection. And you've been studying this path and this path. Trying to decide which direction, if the rope was ever going to be loosed, which direction that you're going to go. But when that rope was untied, thank God that there was some people that had been sent by the Lord that said, the master has need of you. The Lord Jesus has need of you. I want to I talk to somebody that is, that is trying to decide which path that you're going to take in this moment of time, which direction. Which side of the crossroads that you're going to be at? Because this is an hour where the Bible prophesied and said that there's going to be a strong delusion. This is an hour of deception. This is a, a time when people are vacillating between right and wrong, trying to decide which path that they're going to, to choose. And I'm telling you this morning that regardless of where you find yourself, it's time to stop studying the path. I've come to tell you that the Lord has need of you. There is, there is no higher calling. There is no greater direction than, than righteousness. There is nothing in the world that, that is out there that's going to last. It's all wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to burn up with the chaff. It's not going to pan out as much as it looks enticing as as appetizing as it seems, the direction that the enemy tries to pull people in will 
will not last. It, it, it's going to take you down a path of destruction. And this very moment was indicative of the pivotal time that Israel itself sat on because their, their temple practices had long diminished and gone into a downward spiral of just religion, stale, dead, no glory, no power, no anointing, no visitation of God. And now Jesus has come on the scene to set a new path and a new tone and a new direction for the nation of Israel. And he is going to he is going to go through a sequence of events as he goes into Jerusalem that day. Hope comes to that city and an announcement, Hosanna in the highest, amen. God in flesh has come to the city and hope has come and the power of God is ready to bring a transformational anointing and visitation to the nation of Israel and they find themselves tied at a place where two ways meet. Somewhere along the way, you've got to make up in your mind what you're going to do. If you're going to serve the Lord, serve him with everything you've got. I've always said if you serve, for, if you serve the Lord hard, it'll be easy. But if you live for God easy, it'll be hard. You've got to make up in your mind. This is a crucial hour that we're living in, and the Lord is pulling at people, but so is the world. And the deceptive forces of this world and the spirit of Antichrist are seeking to pull people away from the church and from everything that is godly and from everything that is holy. I want to tell you, if you made it to the house of the Lord this morning, you are one of the most privileged people on planet earth today because there is turmoil in our world. Would you clap your hands if you're thankful for that? As Jesus, as Jesus comes out of Jerusalem that day later on, he comes along the side of the road and there is a, there is a fig tree that it has leaves but it has, it has not fruit. And the Bible tells us that, that it had leaves but no fruit for the time of the figs was not yet come. Now that seems like uh, that it shouldn't have fruit on it. But the fruit was actually supposed to come before the leaves, and there were some fig trees that would actually survive the winter time, and they would have leaves remaining on it all the way through the winter time. And Jesus looked expecting to find fruit on it, but there was only leaves, and this was an indication of the condition of Israel. They knew where the house of God was. They knew how to call upon his name. They knew how to go through their religious practices and they, they knew how to go through the motions and they understood the protocol. They knew the words to the songs. They, they knew the location of everything that was godly and holy. But something had been lost. I'm preaching to somebody here today that has allowed your relationship with God and your faith to run aground. And something has grown cold in your life. And everything about you on the surface looks like you are a child of God and you are a Christian. But there's something that's going on on the inside. 
and not a lot of people realize it, but you are standing at a crossroads this morning, at a proverbial fork in the road. Thank God there has been something to tie you in that intersection so that you could not fully choose the wrong path and go down a path of no return. But I want to preach to you here this morning. A man of God has come into this building here to tell you and to loose the rope and to pull you away from that post to tell you that Jesus has need of you here today. Come on, somebody praise him. Life is too short to be a fruitless tree. Life is too short to have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of heaven. Life is too short to just come in here and play church and go out and live like a sinner. Amen. Come on. This ain't the time to be living a dual lifestyle. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I've come to this pulpit to tell somebody, choose you this day whom you will serve. Come on. I've got a hold of the rope that's got a hold of you, and I'm going to pull you to Jesus. I'm doing everything that I can this morning to get the Word of God implanted in somebody's life and to preach through somebody's addiction and to pull somebody closer to an altar and to tell you that the Lord is about to do something in your life and the power of God is about to deliver you from everything that may bring a curse upon your life. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him right now. I wish somebody would praise him right now. Of course, we know that the fig tree was representative of the nation of Israel. What the Lord was saying is, this is what I see Israel as. They have leaves. They look like they're supposed to look. They have all the, the boxes checked, but there's no fruit. There's nothing coming out of them. You will never be satisfied and you will never be fulfilled until what God has put in you flows out of you to produce something. This tree was indicative of Israel who was called out of the timing of God. It was the wrong season. It wasn't time for the fix, but the leaves were showing. They had grown used to their religious disguise. It's a dangerous thing to be introduced to the power of God and then to learn all the protocol and then to lose the fire that was once upon the altar. It's a dangerous thing to get to a place where you say, I can just come to the house of the Lord. Nobody will know any different. I'll just show up and they'll believe that I'm just as good as them and as close to God as them. Can I preach a little conviction on somebody here today and tell you that a curse is coming if somebody doesn't turn. That God is looking at somebody's life saying I appreciate the leaves but I cannot let people partake of what is coming out of you in the future because you are out of sync with me and you're out of sequence with me. I'm preaching to somebody that the enemy has put out of season and out of lockstep with God. Come on. I'm preaching here today, and I'm telling you, if you don't wake up, the visitation of God is going to pass you by. We are living in a time 
where the Lord is trying to visit his church. He's trying to wake us up. Can I preach right now? He's trying to stir the church. He's not trying to shut the church down. He's trying to raise our faith. He's not trying to put a mask on us. He's trying to get us to trust in him more. He's not trying to separate himself from us. He is separating the sheep from the goats. And if we're not careful, we're going to be privy to the curse of God instead of the blessings of God. Amen. I want to be that cult that the Lord says, hey, you may have been wild when I found you. Nobody may have even thought that you were any good when they before I found you. You may have felt like you've been tied up in a post and nobody even recognizes who you are and what your value is and what you mean to the kingdom of God. They would have never picked that colt to be the one that Jesus was going to ride in on. I want to preach to somebody that is unsuspectingly anointed here today for a cause and a purpose uh, and the enemy has done everything in his power to pull you out of the will of God uh, and out of the season of God uh, and out of the timing of God uh, I'm preaching to somebody right now and telling you it's time uh, to get untied uh, and to let the Lord Jesus uh, sit upon your life uh, let his anointing come on you oh hallelujah I need us to pray here for just a moment. I need you to make contact with somebody. I need to, I'm not done preaching. I'm not done preaching. I'm not done preaching, but I need you to pray right now. Oh God, I need conviction and not condemnation. I need, oh Lord God, you to break something in somebody's life and help them to receive the word of God here today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be seated. Verse 15, they come to Jerusalem. And Jesus went into the temple. We're in the same context. We've got a cult, we've got a tree. And now Jesus comes to the temple in Jerusalem. And he began to cast them out that sold and bought in the temple. And overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. That's for everybody that thinks that, that the preacher ought to soft pedal. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple they were just using it as as a shortcut so they didn't have to go around the walls of the temple they come right through the temple it was like just constant traffic and Jesus rebukes them they were changing some currency they were providing sacrifices for those that didn't have it. If you don't bring your sacrifice, you could just buy one on the cheap here. We'll put it on the altar for you. Easy peasy. We'll make church as easy as we can make it for you without it really requiring a sacrifice. And then he taught them and said, It is, is it not written, My house should be called a house of prayer? 
Now, he didn't say just for the Jews, but he said for all nations. That outer court was reserved for Gentile believers that would come in and would try. They would do their best to make a sacrifice to the Lord, and they had a way to call upon him. But they had turned it into a place of merchandise. The church cannot be anything but the church. And anything the church, anytime the church is something besides the church, we've got a problem. Because if the church is not being the church, the world has no hope. Gentiles and people of all nations, every creed and every culture, over 200 nations of the world, they need the church to be the church more than they've ever needed to be the church to be the church. In this, this fig tree, this nation of Israel had lost their way. I'm going to tell you, we've got to let the church be everything that the church is called to be. We've got to have the miracles that only God can give. We can't depend upon the arm of the flesh. We've got to have the deliverance that only God can give. And we've got to have the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that only God can give. This is not a place of merchandise. It's not a place that you just pass through on your way to somebody else. This is a house of prayer where we get in touch with the God of the universe. And when we call upon his name, his glory fills the temple. And the angels of the Lord gather in this place and chains begin to break. He is a God that is able to break the chains of drug addiction and nicotine and promiscuity and lying and dishonesty and deception and carnality and lust. He is a God that brings people into the house of the Lord where there is prayer made. People that are desperate that if I don't get a hold of God, I'm going to be lost. My life is going to be cursed. I'm here to preach you out from under the curse this morning and tell you that God wants to turn you into a fruit-bearing tree. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I feel the Lord in this place. I feel the Lord in this place. There was a prophecy that came out of the mouth of Jeremiah. And he said, were they ashamed when they com committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. In the time of their visitation, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. I will surely consume them, saith the Lord. There shall be no grapes on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree, and the leaves shall fade. And the things that I have given them shall pass away from them. Can I just talk here for a little bit? There is no guarantee of salvation for anybody. There is, you can't put it on autopilot. You say, well, the church is going to be there whenever I need it. The church is here right now. And I got a feeling if you don't take advantage of it now, you probably won't take advantage of it later. 
I've got to dig in somebody's life and I've got to tell you that there is a day of judgment coming. I don't like to preach like this on Sunday morning. And I'm not trying to belittle people and be mean to people and, and abuse people. But I'm, I'm just trying to stand in the gap between you and the judgment of God. At some point, the mercy of God will run out. At some point, grace won't be enough. At some point, the opportunities will be over. At some point, people are dying every day. Our world is in turmoil, but the church is here right now. And you stand at a fork in the road. I'm preaching to somebody who's been tied at a fork in the road. I'm preaching to some young person that's dabbling in the world that doesn't listen to what's going on at home. They live one way at home and one way in the church but another way in the schoolhouse. I'm preaching to some young, I feel my help right now. I'm preaching to some young adult right now and I'm telling you whatever it is that's pulling you away from the church house is not worth it. Don't let Jesus have to walk up in your life and say I see the leaves. I know you were there a couple of times this month. I saw you sing with the worship team but the problem is there's nothing coming out of your life that is holy and godly and righteous can I preach right now and tell you that Israel knew what was coming to them and they still did not turn God sent them prophet after prophet to tell them that we've got a problem in the nation of Israel but in their arrogance they did not turn I've got to get a hold of somebody here today and tell you you've got to turn it won't be this way forever you got to take advantage of his grace and his mercy while it's here. The book of Isaiah chapter 5, we don't have to go there. But in chapter 5, it tells the story about the nation of Israel. And it says, he says, he gathered the stones out of the vineyard. He said he, he plucked up the weeds he hedged it about, and he put a tower in the midst of it. You don't understand the power and the strength of the hedge of God on your life until it's gone. Because when the hedge is there, you've got the right to get as close to that fence as you want to. You've got, you got a right to climb over the fence and go a little ways into the pasture if you want to. You, you got the right to experiment all you want to with the things of the world. It ain't right, but you do have the right to do that. It's not holy, but you do have the right to do that. But you let that fence come down. And you let that hedge come down. And you don't know where the lines are anymore. You don't know where the property line ends and, and the world begins. You don't know where holiness is out and judgment is in. The Bible talks about those that will be so deceived in the last days that they will believe that right is wrong and wrong is right. I don't want to get to that place. I want every time that I wake up in the morning, I want that conviction of God to get a hold of my life. I want him to get a hold of my spirit and I want something to churn in my life. I want something to happen in me every day that brings me closer to God. If I start moving out toward the fence, I want something to pull me back toward the barn. I want to be in the center of the will of God. He said a tower in the midst of it. The Bible said the name of the Lord is a strong tower with the righteous run in and they are safe. You'll never really truly understand the power and the importance of the name until you can't speak it anymore, until you can't hear it anymore. I'm speaking the name of Jesus over your life. I'm talking to some young person. 
Don't squander your opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. Come on, I'm talking to some young person. You're hanging out with the wrong people. You're yoking yourself with the wrong people. You can't yoke yourself with unbelievers and expect not to be pulled in the world. The Bible said he did everything that he could have done for his vineyard to make sure that it was going to bear the fruit that he expected. He said he looked that when it should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. Can you imagine? <laughs> the Lord looked down through time and saw you and saw me. He saw our deplorable condition, he saw our guilt. Or shame. And he said, Judgment is coming. Wrath is coming. But I'm going to give you a way of escape. And I'm going to take your place. He who had done no sin. Became sin for us. That we might be made. The righteousness. Of God. Every time you think about sneaking around dating that person you shouldn't date. Well I got a right to date. No you don't. That's what you tell yourself. So-and-so told me I could. It doesn't matter. They're an unbeliever. Every time you go back to that alley to buy drugs, every time, every time you pick up that bottle of whiskey, bourbon, beer, I want you to think about an innocent Savior that took your place. I'm begging somebody here this morning. I'm begging you. It's not going to God something something tied you to the church thank God that that rope that was around your neck stretched over to the front door of your house and you had a parent that said I'm not going to let you choose the wrong path Jesus has need of somebody here this morning. Now I've done my part. And 
And the Lord has done his part. And you're going to have to do your part. Father, I pray that you. I pray that you would reach into this congregation today. I pray, Lord, that you would examine the thoughts and the heart of people in this place. Only you know the ability of humanity to rebel. Only you know, God, the ability of humanity to be so stubborn and refuse to be moved. But I believe, God, you're greater than somebody's rebellion here this morning. I believe you're greater than somebody's stubbornness here today. And I pray, God, that you would move upon this church. Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord God, I'm going to go get a hold of the rope. I'm going to pull them as close to you as I can. But Lord, only you can do only you can tame their wild spirit. This was a cold that had never been tamed before God and there's people in this place that refuse to be tamed, but you can do it. You can do it. I pray. I pray. In the name of the Lord God, would you, would you pull somebody? Would you sit upon somebody's life here this morning? Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Would you begin to lift your voice here this morning? Would you call out to him this morning? I, I need some prayer warriors to help me. I need some intercessors to help me. calling out to somebody that's drifted away from him calling out to somebody that lately they've had leaves but no fruit it's not enough Lord it's not enough Lord come on I need the church I need you I need you to pray I need you to pray we're going to open these altars here in just a moment, but I need you to pray right now where you're sitting. As you pray, as you pray, I want, I want you to stand. I want you to get somebody by the hand and say, let's go to the altar. If you've got something in your life that you need to get right with him, today's the day. Come on, I want you to hurry down to this altar. I want you to come down here with your hands lifted. And I want you to talk to him. Say, God, I surrender to you. 
Kela bakanda la boho kopore besete keya mahaya tala la boho kanda la masaya. That's it. Come on. The Lord wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost here today. Oh, I feel it right now. Oh, I feel it. I feel it. Kanda la boho kanda la boseya. Kete la boho kanda la boseke ya mahaya. Kela bakanda la boseke ya mahaya. Would you call out to him right now? God, I surrender to you, Jesus. Would you pray with somebody around you? Calling out to some young person here today. It's time for you to cut some people out of your life that are pulling you down. Come on, greater faith. Yeah. Oh, Lord God, we need you, Jesus. Oh, Lord God, we need you, Jesus. 